for great-looking T-shirts, hoodies, and sweatshirts. The TNT Shop is now open at tntradio.live. This is The Chris Smith Show on today's News Talk TNT Radio. G'day, g'day. Welcome to the program. Good to have your company. Welcome to our American listeners who are still sitting on Sunday night, of course, in both LA and New York City. Just gone 4 a.m. in London and where I am in Sydney, Australia, Monday afternoon, right across the country, in fact. Now, with the world putting more pressure on Israel to pause once again, uh, even internally, Israelis are actually protesting. There was a vigil last night in Tel Aviv imploring Benjamin Netanyahu to pause and get more hostages out. I'd be keen to get the Canadian Patriots' views on that call worldwide. Um, the erudite Matt Errett is a uh, special guest on the program today. We'll discuss Israel. We'll also look at the links between Israel and Hamas financially. A lot of people have been saying that Israel props up Hamas. Well, in terms of finances, it definitely does. And I'll explain why shortly. Uh, we'll also talk to Matt about Hunter Biden accusing Elon Musk of all sorts of nasty things. You see, when the Biden administration was running COVID-19, they were able to tell Twitter what to publish and what not to publish. But of course, Hunter can't hide behind the skirt of his father at the moment. So he's quite angry. And we'll talk about his latest doco series, Matt Errett's Hidden Hand Behind the UFOs. Um, I want to talk about the local councillor in Australia who I think should make international news. She has stood up to her council over transgender entitlements. She's done the unthinkable. She says that sex is binary. And for that, she has been referred to a tribunal for inciting hatred amongst LGBTQI communities. Can you believe this stuff? It is a biological fact. We'll talk with uh, Louise Elliott a little later in the program. We've also got Jim Ball, the most politically incorrect commentator in the Southern Hemisphere, and our culture wars expert, Kevin Donnelly, as well. A stack to talk about from down under. And by all means, if you've got something to say, interject. Go for your life. Jump into the program, and you can do so from the United States or Canada on one 8882016425 from the UK, 033-0024-1026, and from Australia or New Zealand, 1-800-670-310. You're with Chris Smith, broadcasting live on the global news talk network, tntradio.live. It's the stuff. It's that division people are talking about. And that cluelessness that they want to push. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Well, ever since we had those outrageously barbaric acts in Israel on October 7, we keep hearing about how Israel props up Hamas. And we all know about efforts by Israel to unseat the late Yasser Arafat and the uh, PLO. Uh, the Israelis turned a bunch of fringe Palestinian Islamists in the late 1970s into one of the world's most notorious militant groups. Numerous sources have since confirmed that the Israeli military helped finance the Palestinian Islamist movement as a counterweight to the PLO. We all know that. Even Arafat referred to Hamas as a creature of Israel. The money was fed to the military, which handed it over to the correct mosques, and, of course, it created a monster. 
But I've been very curious because listeners keep telling me that this has continued right up until October 7. We know that Qatar has been one of Hamas's lifelines, pouring millions of dollars per month into the Gaza Strip, which propped up the Hamas government. But according to the New York Times today, they've gone a whole heap further. Even Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu encouraged Israel to greenlight what Qatar was doing in terms of handing over millions of dollars to Hamas. The story in the New York Times today goes that as recently as a month before the October 7 attacks, Qatari officials asked the chief of Mossad whether Israel wanted the payments to continue. The answer was yes. Unofficially, the Israelis maintain the steady flow of billions of dollars per decade to maintain peace in Gaza to keep Hamas focusing on governing rather than fighting. Now, Netanyahu has since, has since been, well, basically attacked any criticism of those payments, saying to suggest that Israel did so to empower Hamas is a ridiculous proposition. He said the payments went for additional humanitarian aid. Well, today, the New York Times shed some new light on this long-standing deal with the help of interviews with more than two dozen current and former Israeli, American and Qatari officials and officials from other parts of the Middle East. They claim that the payments were part of a string of decisions by Israeli political leaders, by their military officers and intelligence officials based on the fundamentally flawed assessment that Hamas was neither interested nor capable of a large-scale attack. But, of course, it took the loss of 1,400 innocent lives to correct that false assessment. For years, they say Israeli intelligence officers even escorted a Qatari official into Gaza where he doled out money from suitcases filled with millions of dollars. They all agree that Israel was just financing the greatest butchering of Israeli citizens since the Holocaust. Only 12 months ago, Saudi Prince Turkey Al-Fasal, the former Saudi intelligence chief and ambassador to the United States, slammed Israel for engineering the huge amounts of cash being handed to Hamas. Israel has been supporting Hamas. Um, our neighbouring state, Qatar, has been sending money to, to, to Gaza and it was Israeli banks that was allowing that money to get to Hamas. Now, to be fair, supporting Israel's contention that they intended the money to be dedicated to aid only is the fact that Netanyahu did try and weaken Hamas by ordering three powerful military operations. But if you look back at Netanyahu's statements only a decade ago, December 2012, he told the Israeli journalist Dan Magalite that it was important to keep Hamas strong as a counterweight to the Palestinian Authority in the West Bank. And more, Magalite maintains that Netanyahu told him having two strong rivals lessened pressure on him to negotiate towards a Palestinian state. So there's your motive. There's the reason for strengthening Hamas. There's why Israel should stand condemned. It has never wanted the Palestinians to have its own independent state. And he was prepared to allow money to be poured into the coffers of Hamas to ensure that he didn't have to face that prospect. 
Is that why Hamas turned on Israel two months ago? No, that was not the reason. We know why. Uh, their extreme adherence to Islam, of course, and historic despising of Israel and the objection to any Arab state forging a deal to legitimise Israel in the Middle East. The Saudi-Israeli pact was close to being ratified. That's why they attacked when they did. But this whole twisted Netanyahu strategy that by funding Hamas with suitcases full of regularly delivered cash, he could keep the Palestinians' ambitions quiet was part of why October 7 exploded. Pretending that those ambitions have long since evaporated while most Palestinians are deprived access to the cash that was being delivered, it's a flawed and dangerous strategy. We now know how flawed and dangerous that was. Not only has Netanyahu's strategy backfired horrifically, he is now using Israel's budget on an unprecedented military operation and he's helped ignite the world's demand for an independent Palestinian state. Ironically, this is now very possible if Hamas can be largely eradicated from Gaza. Watch this space clearly. Everything that he wanted to do and avoid a Palestinian state, those, those dreams, those hopes are being dashed and the world's pressure is on for a Palestinian state to be established as soon as after fighting ends. Watch this space. This is TNT Radio. TNT Radio's James Freeman. We have new revised figures from the Office for National Statistics showing that legal, that's not illegal, that's legal, net migration to the UK has witnessed one of the largest increases on record. Three quarters of a million additional people are now living in the UK in the space of just one year. A huge number that comes just three years after we left the European Union. Now, I didn't vote for Brexit because of immigration. I voted because of democracy. But millions did vote because they think too many people are coming into the country, which makes what the government has allowed to happen an absolute two fingers up to the people and democracy. Another example, if we needed another, of how the government does the exact opposite to what the people want and vote for. The Freeman Report and James Freeman on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. God's truth is enduringly true throughout all the generations. It transcends culture. The church is always going to be an embattled people. If it's swimming with the tide, it's not being the church of Jesus Christ. Look to the past, learn from the past, because the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. China has more than 200 confirmed cases of coronavirus, it's called. The entire state of California ordered to stay at home. That's 40. California has some of the strictest policies leveled against churches. Gavin Newsom's executive order threatens jail time and a thousand dollar a day fine. Government stopping people from going to church, Dr. Fauci. When I went into the White House, when I sat in on the task force meetings, was a shocking level of gross incompetence. The mortality rate from the virus was 0.2%. You know, 99.8% survival, rather than the 3 or 4% mortality that the, the people are saying at the time. The culture and the understanding of the people of Grace Church has always been, not only do you obey government, but you honor government. Thousands of people in the streets, but you can't have church. The hypocrisy of letting people riot it helped us all understand one thing. This is not what they say it is. 
By meeting, we're testifying the government has no jurisdiction here. I was arrested and driven to a maximum security prison. The government has obviously uh, turned up the heat on churches. My daddy. <laughs> when the churches fall silent, the only religion left is the state. We needed to make a biblical statement because we always put ourselves under the authority of the Word of God. LA County threatened Pastor John MacArthur with jail time and arrest. We were going to be sued. They wanted Grace Church shut down. We wanted to go on the offensive and attack the health order as unconstitutional. This wasn't about health and safety. This was all about control and opposition to religious freedom. As the government gets more corrupt and more corrupt, snitches get rewards. Its totalitarian control has to increase. And you have to have a mask on. And as they shut down any attacks against them, this is not about freedom or personal choice. The last thing standing is going to be the church. If you're still wearing a cloth or a surgical mask around in public, you're guilty of spreading COVID misinformation. It really is that simple. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Hey, good to have your company. Lots to get to today. Since 2020, no fewer than 10 former government officials, military officers, and also scientists, along with a former Senate majority leader, have publicly alleged that the US government has recovered advanced craft of unknown origin, that is UFOs. There's currently legislation before Congress sponsored by Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, the Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena Disclosure Act of 2023, which is a mouthful, which calls ostensibly for transparency in matters related to UFOs. It has considerable bipartisan support, although it may fail due to some Republican opposition, which is bizarre, although the party has some bizarre parts to it at the moment. On Monday, Schumer slammed Republican opposition, saying the members are trying to kill a common sense bipartisan measure and preventing Americans from accessing records on a topic of intense curiosity. Schumer's right. The act was passed by the Senate in July, but needs full congressional approval to be part of the National Defence Authorization 2024. Let's bring in Matt Errett, live from Montreal, Canada, to discuss this and more. Matthew is a journalist, founder and editor-in-chief of the Canadian Patriot Review, director of the Rising Tide Foundation and senior fellow at the American University in Moscow. He hosts the weekly Great Game on Rogue News. Matthew Errett, welcome back to TNT Radio. Always a pleasure to be with you, Chris. Good to have you with us. Before we discuss UFOs, what are your thoughts on Israel's role, which apparently uh, existed until a month before the October 7 attacks, where they were funding Hamas for decades, which has been further verified today by various sources in the New York Times? What's your reaction to that? Obviously doesn't surprise you. No, it doesn't surprise me at all. And this is this is for anybody who's been paying attention. This has been uh, understood for a long time. Amos Yadlin, um, head of Israeli Def uh, intelligence, uh, had correspondences with the American ambassador to Israel back in 2007, which were leaked on WikiLeaks 
which even back then admitted that Yadlin would be extraordinarily happy if Hamas would win and form a government representing the people of the Gaza. Um, why, if Hamas wants to exterminate or eliminate the state of Israel, would would somebody who's in charge of Israeli security want this so badly? Um, it, it, it It's not a contradiction. There is a complete agenda, and it has a lot to do, as you correctly identified, with the, in the fact that Israel and American intelligence together created Hamas out of the Muslim Brotherhood, which itself was created out of British intelligence in the early 1950s with help from the CIA and has been working as a deep state operation within Egypt, but embedded in various Arab nations for a very long time in order to create a climate of fanaticism, which would result in controlled chaos out of which order could be imposed in a relatively predictable manner with some sacrificial victims along the side, both in the Arab and Israeli population who don't know what's going on, but they're being played from forces above. So, I mean, this has been going, this is now coming to light again, and now's a good time for people to take this very seriously because... Without Israeli money bags behind it, as well as Qatar and, and uh, some big forces in the Anglo-American sphere, uh, Hamas wouldn't even exist. It wouldn't be an issue. And you could trace the money trail now to the oh, yeah. fact that Hamas became militarily stronger and therefore <laughs> launched that Holocaust-like attack on October 7. That has to be partly the fault of the Israeli prime minister. Oh, yeah. Oh, they know exactly what this is a complete um, inside job. They they knew exactly what this was. And um, unfortunately, it has a lot to do with exterminating any potential of rational dialogue through constructive discourse on mutual cooperation on economic development, which was the pattern in the 1990s under Yitzhak Rabin, Yasser Arafat, two leaders representing the pro-labor cooperation factions in Palestine and Israel, both of whom were assassinated. Um, one by bullet, one by poisoning. Um, the Swiss research labs did an autopsy uh, of Arafat as well, who died in 2004, concluding that it was polonium poisoning. This is on record. Um, so we have an effort to stop any constructive potential for peace because the forces currently in place um, have a, a messianic vision of, unfortunately, a greater Israel agenda, which has been on the map now for really since Herzl called for this well over a century ago of an of a, of a land for the chosen people that would be purged of Arabs. But to do that, you can't just go and do it without an excuse. You need to have some justification. And so having Muslim Brotherhood and other radical uh, Islamists actually provides a very convenient justification, even if it means the murder of many thousands of Israelis along the way. It's and pretty sick, but that's what it is. And that takes us to your recent article at The Last American Vagabond titled mm. The Greater Israel Scheme and Its Global Power Play, A Delusional Recipe for Armageddon. It puts today's war in historical context. Uh, what is The Greater Israel Scheme and who supports it? Well, the Greater, greater Israel Scheme um, calls for, and, and this was originally chartered by, I believe it was British intelligence first that mapped it out as far as an Israeli, an Israel that goes from the Suez Canal, even a little bit more westward all the way to the Euphrates, um, that involves about a third of Saudi Arabia, all of Jordan, most of Syria, m most of Iraq, uh, yeah, a big chunk of Egypt, and for, for sure, no Palestine. Um, this has been something that was uh, up, upheld by Figures like uh, Jabotinsky, Vladimir Jabotinsky, who set up the original um, militias and paramilitary groups with the help of British intelligence back in the 1930s and 40s. Um, Rabbi Abraham Isaac Cook, who's sort of the forefather or the religious forefather, a Kabbalist, 
who uh, inspired a variety of uh, yeshivas that produced and indoctrinated the most radical um, figures who carried out the illegal settlement movement throughout the 1970s and 80s. A lot of them took power after this, the Six Day War in 1967 and ousted the the labor, the pro-labor Zionists of the Ben-Gurion ilk that were, were more in, inclined to look for peaceful cooperation. So unfortunately, this was, was repackaged and really blew up in 1996 with the neoconservative uh, Richard Pearl authored um, clean break doctrine that was submitted to Benjamin Netanyahu over the dead body of Yitzhak Rabin, uh, which called for mil- a, a, an Anglo, a U.S. Israel cooperation policy and overthrowing a variety of governments in the Middle East. This is something anyone can read online, mm. starting with Iraq, then leading up to Iran through Syria. Uh, Libya, I believe, is on the list, as well as a variety of other leaders and governments that had to be ousted, which would then make a space for um, a much bigger, expanded Israel. Let's take a break. I've got to get our listeners some news, but we'll also come back and talk about your latest documentary series on UFOs. We'll do that and a whole heap more. Matt Errett, our special guest on the program for this hour. We'll come back with him right after this on TNT Radio. TNT Radio News. I've got news for you, baby. I've got news for you, baby. News. Matt Boyland here with a quick look at your TNT headlines. Another pandemic leader has fallen in Australia. Queensland Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk throwing in the towel on Sunday. Our best days are well and truly ahead of us. After being kicked off Twitter nearly five years ago, Alex Jones has had his account reinstated. Washington's triggered outrage after being the only member of the UN Security Council to vote down calls for a ceasefire in Gaza again. And Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky's heading back to the White House. On air and on the app. I listen on the app. Stay up to date around the clock. I listen, therefore I know. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. I've got Matt Errett with me right now. Matt, have you got much more to release on that documentary series, Hidden Hand Behind UFOs? Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, We have a lot more to release. We just released the first episode of 30-minute film, but we we have about nine or ten films planned uh, that will be telling the story in great, great detail about what is behind the entire push for UFO disclosure. Is it legitimate? Is it authentic? Um, or is there a psyop uh, behind it all? Um, so this video series is going to be a, a very useful, I think, in helping to shed light on what's behind it. Now, I should make mention while we're talking about other things that you're doing, apart from your terrific writing and lecturing, I should remind people that you have your own show on TNT Radio as well now, right? Yeah, that's right. It's called Connecting the Dots on uh, Saturday's Eastern Time. Uh, yeah, for a uh, for little three-hour segment on uh, Saturday afternoons. Fantastic, fantastic. Back to you, UFOs. How significant is the political fight over the unidentified anomalous phenomena disclosure act of 2023? I think that a lot of this is theater. Um, As I see most of the US at this point, as far as the congressional official corridors of uh, politicking, is uh, shaped as theater more and more, um, largely to deflect attention away from things that are really pressing upon humanity as far as the break, the systemic breakdown of the banking system, which has a bit of a controlled demolition factor in it, which goes back many decades, and the obvious danger of uh, a chain reaction into a broader thermonuclear war, 
which people could be organizing and uh, and fighting to resolve. But instead, I think there's a lot of effort to try to um, fill the field of our perceptions with a lot of other distracting things that keep us from focusing on our survival in the face of this systemic collapse. And the UFO thing is is falling into place, I think, in in that regard. It's kind of like a Hollywood movie that we're uh, we're be- that's being put onto us. I want to talk about Elizabeth McGill, who no one knew up until a couple of weeks back, and now she's on the front page of most papers, certainly over the weekend. University of Pennsylvania President Elizabeth McGill voluntarily resigned on Saturday following that backlash over her response during a congressional hearing when asked how she said she would handle remarks in the university community calling for the genocide of Jews. Her statement that it was a context-dependent decision has caused so much outrage. What are your thoughts on her testimony and now her resignation on Saturday? Yeah, that was a weird hill for her to die on. Um, (laughs) Of of all the things to stand up for, uh, genocide against the whole people, that's not too wise. Uh, Genocide against any people. You should very quickly, without blinking an eye, immediately denounce that. So weird, um, unfortunate, insane. Uh, I don't have any further words to describe that uh, that calamity. All right. Let's talk about Hunter Biden v. Elon Musk. In an interview published on Friday, the US president's son said Elon Musk is the dumbest smart person I think that the world has ever known. Of course, Hunter benefited during the COVID period and, of course, leading up to the last election in the censorship that was applied to so many social media platforms, including Twitter, um, the former ex, when Elon Musk had nothing to do with it, because all of a sudden the Biden uh, agencies could decide exactly what was published and what was not. He can't hide behind uh, his father's skirt anymore. Um, has Elon Musk caught the Biden family by surprise, do you think? Um, it's sort of just, it's beyond absurd to hear these sorts of things. I mean, we're, we're dealing with the, the largest failure of a public personality. I mean, in, in, I, as far as I know, all of history uh, or American history, I mean, this guy is now facing what, six, seven, eight charges of fraud. Um, yeah. He's he's uh, the the truth of the laptop has has become gone public around the world like eighteen times. Uh, his role with uh, <laughs> corrupt forces in Ukraine, setting up bioweapons facilities, taking bribes for the man abo- uh, above. I mean, the whole thing is just such a such a a train wreck of mm. a public relations disaster uh, to the extreme. And for him to then go out and say what he just said. Um, as if that's not going to make him look even more goofy and foolish and corrupt uh, is beyond belief. And I, I mean, I, I, I almost think that this is almost theater. It's, it's so goofy and absurd. Um, I don't know. I, I'm lost for words. He's after a blood nose here because Elon Musk, if he wants to uh, take it out on Hunter Biden, could seriously do so. Uh, he has the public platform. I don't get it. He should have just shut his mouth. I think he's it's almost like his assignment is to be a clown punching bag as part of it almost feels to me like the same quality of distraction. I was just pointing out around the the UFO um, operation right now. The fact that I mean, look, the, the CIA just admitted last week that they found not one, not two, not three, but nine uh, crashed UFOs that they've collected since 2003, let alone since like, you know, Roswell. I mean, it, it's and they're just coming out admitting this like they want people to obsess over things like that. These aliens 
can fly faster than the speed of light, have developed technologies to jump outside of other dimensions or whatever you want to think of it, and yet they can't fly for, for the life of them. Their insurance must suck. I mean, they, the, the, the level of incompetence is insane. So they th I think that there's a sense of creating a clown show for us to, to be distracted by, and it, it almost seems to me as though Hunter is assigned to be sort of this absorber of our anger and 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 uh, and righteous indignation, as part of almost another um, psyop of a, of some sort. It's so foolishly absurd. It's, it's mm. hard for me to imagine it. To more uh, Elon Musk kind of matters, uh, he has confirmed mm. that Infowars founder Alex Jones is to return to X. He was on the platform when it was known as Twitter. Uh, he's to return to X. Does that surprise you? No, no, it doesn't surprise me at all. Um, Elon Musk. I mean, my 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 assessment of this obviously is not the most popular one, but but this is my assessment. Okay, and my take is that ultimately there is the creation of Elon Musk is a transhumanist who wants to who is assigned to play a certain role within the great game. He's calling for, you know, merging us with mi microchipping our brains with all sorts of things, uh, uh, 3D printing mRNA vaccines in one of his facilities, setting up X to be part of a Western variant of social credit systems that can have a, a very easily centralized system that could deactivate Teslas and other things. He's called for this to be the basis of half the world future credit system. Um, his X platform, which he originally brought online back in the 90s, which was sold by Bill Gates, a director uh, for a lot of money back in the year 2000. It, it, he seems like a cardboard cutout. And part of his assignment is to absorb or suck away a lot of the natural resistance away from supporting things like Donald Trump's Truth Social and other things and keep people back in, uh, in, a, in, a, in a platform, a digital platform, um, almost like it's a gladiator arena or an arena of our freedom. Uh, which can actually be shut off relatively easily when we're all corralled into it. Um, so I don't see Elon as necessarily the folk hero fighter against the big baddies that um, a lot of us have been fed. And I think that Jones, who I'm very sympathetic to, something happened to him and he's been deconstructed. And ever since he got hammered by what he got duped into saying about Sandy Hook, um, mm -hmm. coming out of that fiasco, he's come out now, you know, talking about breakaway alien civilizations on Mars interfacing with our governments, uh, China and uh, and Iran are the biggest baddies in the world. He's like, despite all of the points of sympathy I have for him, um, I think he's been broken and reconstructed and is now a, playing a more useful role in the grand narratives that they want to bring on as part of the reset of not just the political economic systems that we've been living under for many decades, but the Judeo-Christian ethos that they want to reset around a recasting of what the Bible is with a new UFO great narrative that re re reassigns Jesus, the stories of various things in the Bible as being um, actually run by aliens. If you can't beat it, at least co-opted and redefine what it is. They want to do the same thing for Islam, Judaism, and other religions. Well, we'll certainly see and read exactly how much this reset is affecting what he has to say when he joins uh, X shortly. Now, Argentina and uh, under their current president, who's a at least a short-term honeymoon hero at the moment, uh, Javier Millet, he'll, um, he's going to remain part of the Paris Agreement, despite the fact that when he was uh, campaigning and then when he became the new president, um, he's going to remain part of the Paris Agreement, despite the fact that when he was uh, campaigning and then when he became 
the new president, he said that uh, global warming was a hoax. Uh, that's a huge compromise to remain committed to the, uh, you know, the economic strangling of the Paris targets. How could he actually go along with this? What's going on there? He's a plant. Um, he, he's been affiliated with the World Economic Forum for quite some time, uh, a policymaker on there on the board. He's got a whole page on the website. Um, he's a, he's a, a, a pro Western leaning psyop who's put all of, I mean, he says all of the right things on the cultural level in response to the woke absurdities, which is a very attractive for people with a Christian conservative ethos. Yeah. Obviously it's, that's very sane and, and a breath of fresh air, but then as an absolute, uh, uh, free market monetarist and libertarian calling for breaking Argentina away from the pro-Russia, China, uh, Eurasian orientation that it formerly had as being part of the BRICS and saying, no, they're going to not be part of the BRICS. They're going to stay uh, on the U.S. dollar um, as well as just shut down. I mean, I admit a lot of the government is corrupt, but at the same time, if you're just going to cut the government to pieces and shut down the ability to have a government, well, that falls right into the agenda of those who don't want to have national governments in the first place in order to have a one world government replacing national sovereignty. So he kind of falls right into that yeah. and his call for uh, his policy to to uh, support Ukraine and, and uh, other things is, is also uh, very disappointing with the, the COP28 points that you just brought up. I noticed that when he was sworn in on Sunday, um, we've had not only contributors and hosts of TNT radio who were invited over there for the swearing in, but so too was Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky. Do these two leaders have much in common? Why did he turn up there? Well, you know, um, he turns up everywhere, I guess. He's desperate. I mean, on the one hand, uh, he's not as popular, but as he was, you know, uh, before October 7th. But on the other hand, um, Argentina received a lot of Nazis in the rat line after World War II was over. And uh, like a lot of the key unrepentant, unreconstructed Nazis were all sent by Alan Dulles to Argentina, um, which went on to adv advise several hardcore fascist right wing governments. Um, uh, I mean, we're, we're talking like Klaus Barbie, um, Martin uh, Bormann. I mean, the second in command of, of Nazi Germany was sent down to Argentina masquerading as a Jesuit. Um, and they... The, the Nazis created a, a massive force across all of South American nations. Many of them would advise Pinochet's government that was installed there by by Kissinger and Schultz, uh, Brazil's government, uh, who was ousted also earlier in the 60s uh, under Goulart, the nationalist, and was and was replaced by a bunch of Nazi advised um, militarists who, again, privatized the economy, liberalized the economy, shut down social welfare, welfare programs. Killed a bunch of people along the way who were kind of resisting to it. And again, it was it was Nazis. So uh, Zelensky, who's working with a bunch of Nazis, unrepentant, has a lot in common in that sense with, I think, the 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 machinery that was put in place in 1946 in Argentina, which is still there and which the Pope played a role in in the 1970s when he was a Jesuit bishop working with um, the fascist right wing government in uh, clamping down on the. Uh, the resistance fighters. So, yeah. Uh, and then Vladimir Zelensky is racking up some more frequent flyer points. Apparently, he's then heading to Washington, where he uh, is being asked by Biden to address Congress to try and get the next round of funding for him over the line. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. He's he's completely desperate. There's now a, a pretty a shift in the narrative, and it's been recognized that he that Russia has come out more economically viable now than it was even a year ago. 
Um, there is complete resistance right now amongst many Republicans to approve uh, further advances on funding of this uh, this disaster machine, which has only killed hundreds of thousands of Ukrainians and uh, provided no results for it, except for absorbing a lot of money into the military industrial complex. So, yeah, his his uh, use is wearing thin and he's being uh, pushed to the last sort of uh, he's being squeezed for the last drop that might be in him. Very true. Matt, Eric, you've been very generous with your time. We look forward to your um, growth in your new program on TNT Radio. It should be a, a great vehicle for you and also some uh, tremendous listening and viewing for our audience as well. And uh, we look forward to the next instalments of the UFO series as well. Good luck. Thank you. Great stuff. Matt, Eric, journalist, founder and editor-in-chief of the Canadian Patriot review. Uh, time for your calls. If you want to have something to say, just jump on our talk lines from the US or Canada. You can phone in on one 201 From the UK, 033-0024-1026. And Australia and New Zealand, that number, 1-800-670-310. I'll be going straight to a counsellor after the break. And um, this woman needs to be paraded worldwide for standing up to her local city fellow councillors over biological men, that is transgender women, wanting the entitlements of biological women. Good on her. We'll have a chat to uh, her straight after the break. Do not go anywhere on TNT Radio. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malsberg. Uh-oh. Someone on the staff of Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee of Texas screwed up big time. She's running for mayor of Houston. And well, before we get to the details, here's how she treats her staff or has treated them in the past when they screw up. I need to uh, ensure my um, schedule. And, uh, you know, if, if Boo Boo did it, shit ass did it, fuckface did it, then nobody knows a goddamn thing in my office. Okay, now watch this. Houston. I've spent my entire career fighting for you. From fighting to keep our kids safe from guns when I was on city council, to my days in Congress fighting to protect women's reproductive freedom, and for funding for our police, schools, and small businesses. Now I'm running to be your mayor, because if we're going to bring down crime, fix our streets, and bring good paying jobs here, then Houston needs a champion who's ready to fight for what's right. And I am. Did you see that at the end? It said, vote on December 7th. Let's put that up. Vote on December 7th. Problem is, the vote is on December 9th. Let me say it again. Uh-oh. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on TNT Radio Vision. <laughs> my baby's back from the West Coast. <laughs> Hear those pictures that you asked for for your school project? First day of school, cute as a button. <laughs> so long ago. Oh, here's Grandma Florence after that flood wiped out the whole neighborhood. Sometimes I just cannot believe all the storms we've gone through here. I can only hope that we'll be able to leave this house to you one day, baby. You're our legacy. Planning for these disasters will make sure we're safe. And it's the best way to protect that legacy. <sighs> Those bees smell heavenly. Mm -hmm. Give mom a little credit. You know what? We should make an emergency communication plan. That way we're ready this year. Oh, great idea. At my dorm, we have emergency kits for earthquakes and wildfires, but I'm sure there's something more local I can send you with the link. Okay. Smart. 
I'm coming to share with you guys. Protect your legacy. Plan for natural disasters today. Visit ready.gov forward slash plan. You're listening to Chris Smith on today's News Talk Radio. TNT. I want to get straight to our talkback line. Siv, thank you very much for calling. No worries, Chris. Uh, yeah, just on Anastasia Palaszczuk and her resignation, which has been all over the news for the last little while, um, one can't help but think that she must have got an offer she can't refuse. I mean, you know, it's it's. I, I'm a little sceptical about politicians telling us that they've they've um, they want to resign, kind of. Yeah, they, they they want to resign because they're tired or they want to spend time with the family because it's usually said all the time. So I wouldn't be surprised if she ends up in a high-profile job. And I don't think there'd be too many embittered and very upset New South Welshmen who won't forget her wonderfully famous climate, of course, at Queensland Hospitals for Queenslanders. I don't think they'll be, you know, uh, I don't think they'll be crying any tears over dear Anastasia's resignation, will they? No, Steve, I, I don't think she'd get a job in New South Wales, certainly not in the next decade because of those statements. But... If you have a look at most of the opinion pieces written, certainly in the Courier-Mail today, the word was yes. that the unions had actually dumped her. They basically said, you can't win, we want to win, we won't support the Labor Party, we won't pay the usual extortion over money. You've got to move, you've got to stand away, stand right. aside to allow someone else to take over. And uh, she's called it renewal. She's also got that major job running the Olympics, of course. Um, oh, so yes. she does. She does have a job to go to. Yeah, she does have a job to go. To, that's right. And uh, and that wouldn't surprise me about the union movement. I mean, they, they they're very good at that sort of thing. But I don't know whether that actually wins them elections or just you know gives them a new leader and buys them time. I don't know which it does. Probably does a bit of both. But um, I tell you what, I think this resignation's provided the opposition a few free kicks, hasn't it? Yeah. I'm, I'm sure I think it, be, I think it has. It just around. depends on it. Just depends on who takes over. Um, there are a couple of good operators, younger operators that could stand in the way of the Deputy Premier at the moment, who I think oh, might uh, give the Labor Party a better shot. Yes, I think I think I think the Liberals would be hoping it's Steve. It's her uh, anointed successor, Steve, Doctor Stephen Miles. I'm not even sure he's a doctor, I'm to be honest. But Doctor yeah. Stephen Miles, um, if the, if he if he ever uh, if he ever gets a go then I think the Liberals will be rubbing their hands with absolute glee. They'll be, they'll be doing handstands all over that place. I think they'll you're be... exactly right. The word this <laughs> afternoon, though, was that he's now unlikely to get the position. Now, things can change within an uh, hour when it comes to backroom deals, but at this stage, he's not in the, the favoured few at the top, but we'll soon see how that plays out. Steve, thank you very much for calling. Good Great on to you, have mate. you on the Good program on again. Good on you. Well, there's pushback to aggressive transgender activism, as you know, right across the globe at the moment. And I talk about it quite often. Parents, students, federal and state leaders, uh, even local councillors are using the biological fact um, to remind others that sex is binary, that, you know, you can't change your sex even with drugs or surgery. And even in the Tasmanian capital of Hobart, one local councillor is defying her woke and intimidated fellow councillors to say that trans women are trans women and remain biological men. Louise Elliott's statements made publicly have resulted in her being referred to a tribunal inquiry for possibly inciting hatred on the basis of gender identity. 
What sort of a world are we living in? And the animosity inside Hobart City Council has even led to Louise being physically contacted by the Lord Mayor. Let's find out what's going on here. Uh, professionally, Louise Elliott's experience has been in human resources, policy and communications for the government. Before becoming a Hobart councillor, Louise was consultant for local businesses and organisations. Louise Elliott, welcome to TNT Radio. Thank you for having me, Chris. Thank you very much for coming on. Now, let's start from the facts you used at this public forum that upset the woke and woeful in Tassie. What did you say? <sighs> Right. I said really outrageous things. I stated the truth and my fair and valid opinion. So I spoke at a Let Women Speak event back in March this year. And part of my speech, which is available on X, it's a completely reasonable speech. And I said really outrageous things, like you said, that trans women are trans women and remain biological men. Oh. I said that you can't be raped with a penis if there is no penis present in the context of men in women's change rooms, things like that. Yep. I also said the truth that, you know, the vast majority of transgender and gender diverse people are very decent people. But sex is real. And in um, certain situations, sex really matters. So you don't have it in for transgender people. Let's get that straight. Not at all. I am pro-safety, fairness and dignity for women. Okay. Um, in most circumstances, what you call yourself, what you dress, if you want to go to the supermarket, if you uh, uh, want to, you know, join a social group, fine, be whatever you like. But in things like women's sports, prisons, shelters, uh, change rooms, sex does matter. Because it is dangerous it is invasive and it can be unfair when you're trying to, I guess, accrue the rights of biological women. That's right. We have to, we can't pretend that men and women aren't fundamentally different in a lot of ways. We are, you know, when it comes to physiology, men are bigger, stronger, bigger lungs, more muscle capacity, things like that. When it comes to safety, um, it's sad, but it's true. But, you know, 97% of uh, violent crimes are committed by men. Um, and we are seeing stories across the globe of men with uh, trans women, men with sexual assault uh, crimes yep. being sent to women's prisons. Yep. Um, I'm even hearing from locally from uh, the local Hobart lesbian community that they've lost their once a month event they had for lesbians to catch up because it's now been overtaken with trans women. Okay, so you've been referred to a tribunal. Who was grossly upset the most? So after the speech in March, there was a complaint lodged with the Equal Opportunity Tasmania down here. Um, the complaint was accepted for investigation, which I think is the first problem because that's setting the bar so low. And this is a taxpayer-funded investigation. Um, and taxpayers are taking me to the tribunal, despite the fact that the vast majority of people agree with me. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm going to the Tasmanian Civil and Administrative Tribunal, the anti-discrimination stream of that, and my what, what they're alleged is that in my speech, including those statements that I made before, that I have incited hatred on the basis of gender identity, which all sane people know is ludicrous. How will you go in the tribunal, do you think? I really don't know. Because I mean, it depends I, on who's on the tribunal, who, wa who wants to create some kind of precedent on this level. Well, the thing is, as soon as I received the complaint, I knew how serious this was in terms of precedent setting. I mean, these are the times now where we're testing out these laws. And don't get me wrong, inciting hatred, inciting violence, laws have a rightful place, as we're seeing across the media. The mm. rightful place is not 
silencing biological truth or a fair opinion about people speaking up for women's rights. So the argument we're putting forward with my legal team is that the way these laws have, are being implemented is a gross overreach of our implied right to freedom of political communication under the Constitution. And then that raises a lot of questions because the only people that can make constitutional-type decisions uh, is the High Court. So very well, we could see it that the case is quickly moved up the line, heading towards High Court, wow. or I'm hoping, I'm hoping that it's dismissed by the tribunal because of the fast that it is. Well, we'll see whether it is. Was the mayor against what you had to say about trans women? Uh, we, I sit in a 12-person council and it's fair to say that eight out of the 12 people are fully on board with gender ideology. They okay. subscribe to that set of beliefs. So the mayor wasn't wasn't on your side on that subject. She's not on my side on that on this subject. No, I've actually received a letter on uh, Office of the Lord Mayor letterhead saying that you have public refu publicly refuted that trans women are women. Yes, I have refuted that, and yeah. I will continue to do so. Of course, of course. Just because they want to be women doesn't make them women. And then all of a sudden, you were complaining about the fact that the uh, University of Tasmania's move to Hobart City was not what you wanted to see. And then all of a sudden you were grabbed physically, were you? Yeah, so I spoke at a public meeting 18 months ago and it's taken this long to resolve the matter, probably because of political preservation and in, uh, intentional delays. And as I left the stage after speaking, I was grabbed and berated by the Lord Mayor because she really did not like what I had to say. Uh, so, yeah, that matter's only just been resolved recently. And in the last few days, I've actually also discovered that my council has discriminated against me and blocked me from booking the town hall for um, Hobart Town Hall for a women's rights event. So I'm actually being discriminated against now. So wow. I'll actually be having equal opportunity Tasmania working for me. Oh, that's a good idea. You may as well take them as they've taken you. Exactly right. So it cuts both ways. I mean, that's what I've made a point to my fellow councillors is that political discrimination, discrimination basis of political belief is real. Yeah. Uh, I hope you go well and truly hard on this. You will come out a victor if common sense means anything. Louise, Elliot, thank you so much for your time. Let's catch up again. Thank you. Yeah, we'll keep right across that. Louise, Elliot. One of the people whose role in this should be echoed right across the world. The pushback is so important. This is Chris Smith. We'll come back after the news on TNT Radio.